Hey friends, thanks for listening to the podcast. This is Pastor Freddie T. White, and whether you are a longtime listener or a first-time listener, I'm so glad you're here today. JV and I dig in after being a few weeks, a uh, few weeks off, and uh, we're excited to be back on the podcast. So sit back, crank the volume, and enjoy. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at real life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) JV, my voice is struggling this morning. Oh, wow. So I didn't give the... Welcome to. I, you I, do it for I, you. I, I don't do have it. it. Yes, I can do. No, I'm not going to yeah. do that. I can No one can do that but you. Good morning. How are you, man? I have. I have a great morning. I have to say, yesterday I had lunch with my brother. We don't get to have lunch very often. James Wallace Vinson. James Wallace Vinson. Wally. And we went to the River Club Grill, and we had the best experience ever because when we left, we got to see the OG. The original Freddie Wyatt. Oh, my dad was down there. <laughs> I said to him when I saw oh, Freddie Wyatt, I said, man, oh, if I brother. saw Freddie Wyatt, you're the one I wanted to see today. <laughs> and that made his day, I'm sure. <laughs> he did chuckle. Was he, you know, Freddie was he, was he down there like hitting golf balls? I, did, he, I didn't get into it, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. I'm I, sure. I imagine he gave you guys a hard time. It's been three weeks since we've been on the podcast. Fred? Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm still gassed from the weekend. I mean, I took it. I mean, I worked a little bit yesterday, but I took it pretty easy. I'm still gassed. But you and Daniel are like full cup, ready to go. So <laughs> you guys just carry me. DJ Daniel Cox over there just prayed us in and thankful for you guys. Hey, when I pulled in this morning, I noticed something uh, interesting. Oh, what's that? When I was when I was in college, I had a friend that would back into his parking spot every time, mm-hmm. and we all made fun of him because it was like, what weirdo does that? And um, all three of us this morning, you, me, and Daniel, all backed into our parking spots. So this is a long, this is a long-standing joke at our house. Really? Because I just, I don't back in. You don't. You I, did this morning. Well, recently I have, and What's, I've had conversation. I don't know. I just everybody else. A, I'm giving into peer pressure. Daniel, how many years have you been backing into your spot? Mm, he has no idea. So, Ten. <laughs> so he only I, has. So when I go into a parking lot, fingers. it's usually these these large, usually SUVs or larger vehicles. I have a large SUV. Oh, you do, and yeah. and they're always backed in. And I'm like, oh. you think it would be just as hard to back in as it is to back out? So I've just never understood <laughs> it. Yeah, right. Now I've had some conversations with people why some people do that, which yeah. is interesting. Uh, what so, do people say? Well, I just guess guess you can get out quick. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You're slow to get in and fast to get out. I don't really know. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, lately I've been parking and backing into the spot this morning. I yeah, likewise. For me, it was I now drive a car that has a camera that allows me to back in easily. <laughs> so you don't run over it. It's kind of, it's actually kind of a delight to look at that little camera and to see my car fitting right in between the lines. <laughs> well, you know, I had a large truck. It was an older Ford F-150 back in the day, big trailer hitch on it. Man, I ran right into a lady at work. Just put a hole through her door. I sold that thing about six months later. Ever since, I have a little car. A little car. (laughs) I really do think that's it because going forward, 
Like I have more confidence that I'm between the lines when I'm backing in because I can see it than running over something or somebody going when you're backing forward, in. Than going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's it. So uh, yeah, so uh, I back in now, but tomorrow now probably it's kind of like your party boots. Now I'm just going to pull in straight forward. Well, yeah. on the pod this morning, I've got like all these random thoughts. So uh, you are familiar with the five love languages? I am. Gary Chapman. Yes. Popularized this book. Yes. It's a great little book for married couples. Yeah. Uh, to learn what your spouse is five. We, you and I have probably talked about five love Pl- languages. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, what is your love language? I know we've talked about it. Well, we Fred, uh, let me ask you a question. What's your love language? See what I've learned on the podcast. <laughs> you so taught funny. me. You taught I got, me. Wait, first of all, let I, me ask you what's your love language. You're so full of it. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're an avid podcast listener, you know Fred has taught me, well, etiquette, social etiquette. So before I answer that question, let me ask you what's your, what's your love language. Yeah. Um, it's like... A, <laughs> you can't have a blend. You have to have one. <laughs> oh no, that's not true. I have a blend. It's physical touch, words of affirmation. Yeah. So mine's uh, if probably not hard to figure figure mine out if you know me. But I'm I'm words of affirmation. Word, that's what I thought, JB. But I, here's a question though with words of affirmation. Yes, sir. For you, are you encouraged when you get a like a written note, or does it need to be verbal? Yes. Both. Correct. Yeah. Equally. Equally. That's amazing. Um, one seems more genuine than the other because one's easier than the other one's more yeah, difficult. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. How many podcast listeners do you think we have? Not the first clue. If you had to guess. I mean, 200. You think we got 200? I don't know. I wonder how many podcast listeners would like would give you some verbal encouragement about uh, the podcast. Carolyn Ellis. She did. Carol Ann's. She was greeting on uh, Sunday morning, first service, yeah. and said, I just wanted you to know I've missed the podcast for two straight weeks. Nine three one six two four five zero nine two. Nine three one six two four five zero nine two. Would you text Jonathan oh this morning? <laughs> no, no. When, whenever you listen to this, the last time I'm giving it to you, nine three one six two four fifty ninety two. Just shoot him a note. You're killing me. And dude. let him know. Oh but it, but it can't be. I just it, got a text. It, no, you did. I did. I got a text, but it wasn't that. <laughs> it can't be. Um, the podcast is so great. You're so good. Uh, I love listening to the podcast. You got to give some thought to this, people. Oh, wow. You got to give some thought to this. Like, give some substance to this because everybody needs a little encouragement. There's so much payback for this one. Um, Yes, I appreciate that, Fred. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is if you want, you can tell Jonathan what your love language is. (laughs) And if it's gifts, uh, I can't promise he's going to give you a gift. Not probably. But, it, but if it's physical touch, he'll probably give you a high five Sunday, you know? I usually give hugs. I'm a hugger. Ah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm almost hugs. embarrassed about it. You know, COVID time kind of slowed yeah. it down. But yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of times when I, I hug people in church and they have a little cough when I go yeah. away. I was like, did I breathe in their face? Oh, every Sunday for me, man. Uh, I love on the people like crazy, yeah, you know? I, I love loving on the people. And then I, I, I wash my hands. Um, I, gotta, <laughs> I do have a question for you. On, oh, no, not a question. Like, I appreciate the thoughtfulness of a note. Yes. I do. Yes. But it doesn't touch me like a spoken word. Really? Does. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You would, you would, you would, th- I don't know why that is. Mm, maybe it's because it's relational face to face. Yeah. Maybe I like you see that. body expression and eyes. There you go. Genuine, non genuine. There you go. They just didn't have a stack of cards. Just my handwriting's similar. bad too. Yeah. My handwriting's awful. Is it really? All, since I type all the time. My yeah. dad's handwriting's really bad. He would write me notes when I went to college. And I would get like a handwritten note and I'd almost cry every time, you know, and I only lived two hours away, but I was the first one to fly the coop. My sisters went to Austin P. I went to UT Martin and, um, but dog 
God, it was hard to read that note. <laughs> his, his handwriting was so bad. Yeah, my dad's was too at the end. Couldn't read it at all. Yeah. What's on your mind this morning? What's on my mind this morning? Life. Give me what what's what's going on in the Vincent household? How's how was Wally doing? Wally's doing great. Uh Wally's doing great. Uh family's fine. We just through the regular challenges and beautifulness of sixth grade and third grade life. And, Bam. And trying to get through work without too much struggle. I just started reading a book yesterday by Eugene Peterson. And for the life of me, I can't remember the title. I'm going to Google it real quick. But it it's a it's a book that he wrote about like walking with your kids like through adolescence and into teenage, you know. But Eugene Peterson is so deep and rich. Hang on, I got to For those that know, I'm 50. We'll be 51 in a few months. <laughs> and so not that it's an excuse, but it is it is challenging for such young children to be raising at this age. I know someone out there has some younger kids that were older than me, but it, it's challenging. But I, while you're looking it up. I got it. Okay, I got go it. Ahead. What were you going to say? No, go ahead. Well, it's called, like, do your youth growing up with your teenager. And the, like, do your youth uh, comes from Psalm 110, verse 3. From the womb of the morning, like, do your youth will come to you. And uh, ah, I just read the I read the opening yesterday, and so interesting. It's just so good. And um, chapter one is the gift of adolescence. Here, here's here's the here's the table of contents. The gift of adolescence. I'll dress the way I want. I'm not going to church. You can't make me. You wouldn't understand. You never trust me. If you loved me, you'd let me. You're nothing but a hypocrite. I don't know what I want to do. Can I have the car tonight? You aren't going to tell me what to do. You'll never forgive me. Um, I I don't know if I should tell you this, but uh, Jack last night. So do you know what live... You were about to say something. What were you about no, to say? No, I want you to hear about Jack. Do you know what live 360 is? Do you know what that is? No. No, because you have a sixth grader and a, what, a third grader. <laughs> third grade, is that right? Yeah. Third and sixth grade. Yeah, so, so it's an app where you can follow your kids wherever they go on their phone. Oh, okay. okay. You know. And um Is this like location or is this like apps or everything? Yeah. No, it's it's no, it's location. It's like okay. wherever they go. Got it. Okay. So there's this app, you know. So so I, I like I've heard about this, but as we began to tell people that Jack was driving, Jack turned sixteen Christmas yes. Eve. Um, everybody, everybody's like, Live 360 is going to be your life now. Live 360 is going to be light, you know? And I'm like, what is Live 360? What is that? You know? It's like, oh, yeah, it's the app where you track your kids, you know? And, um, but, you, like, you can, you can actually track how fast they're going. In, like, it tells you the speed limit. Wow. Seriously. And, um, Jonathan, here is, like, my mode of parenting is I want to do it right the first 16 years, whatever doing it right means, right? Correct. But I want to do it in such a way that, like when he turns 16, I don't feel the need to track his every move. Okay? Yes. That's kind of the way. And we give Jack a super amount of trust. Yeah. Right? So like the other the other night, the the other night, we didn't, we didn't even talk about what time he needed to come in. He's 16. He was out. We didn't even talk about a curfew. And I love that. And I'm like, buddy, we're going to give you a big old hunking gift. It's called trust until you 
mess it up, right? I love that it, there's a sweetness to that in parenting. Um, but, but Susan does watch the Live 360 app, okay? And uh, so I'm sitting on the couch next to Susan last night, and she pulls that thing up. I said, what are you looking at? She said, I'm, uh, she's, Jack had Lily and Elliot in the car, and they're driving down the road. And so, you, like, moving down the road, you see these little bitty heads, you know, going down the road. Because all three of their phones are, like, traveling down the road in the car together, you know. And it looked, it almost looked like they were racing, you know, like at a ballpark, like around when they run around the, the outside of the ballpark. You see all these moving heads. Anyways. And then it popped up how fast he was going. He was, he was going 19 miles an hour over the speed limit. And um, so doggone it. Like Maybe there's he, a glitch in the app. There could be. There you go. He didn't think of that. He didn't, th- he didn't bring that up last night. Dad, I don't know how fast I was going. Maybe there's a glitch. He didn't bring that up. I asked him something, and he knew he was going at least 15 over. So he knew it, which on one hand, I was glad that he knew it. And on one hand, I was not glad. That he knew it. Anyways, we had to take his car away for just three days, which he yeah. felt like it was gracious. Oh, wow. I, I gave him here. Here's what I gave him though. Yeah. I gave him the, I gave him the choice of three days without your car. Yeah. Or, or if we see you going seven miles over the speed limit on that doggone live 360 app, which I don't look at <laughs> unless I'm sitting next to Susan, she's looking at it. If, if we catch you doing that, then it's a month, a month without it. And he's like, well, I'm going to make a mistake. I'll take three days. Take three days. Yeah. And I said, what if it was 10 miles an hour? He said, I'd take three days. So what a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful picture of your sermon. And we're not going to hit your sermon yet, but what a wonderful picture of your sermon. Oh, God has given us all these the, desires the, and, look at you. and these manifestations. Within the speed limit. And then he gives us, he gives us this Big gift of trust. You call it a gift block of trust? I forgot mm. what you said. Whatever you just said. I'm going to give him a big old block of, I don't know what I well, call Well, God it. gives us a big block of trust and how we just absolutely run over the speed limit all the time. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Well, I told him, I was like, it, it, <laughs> he's he's going to hate me. You guys don't tell, tell, tell Jay. He doesn't we just gave my cell phone over the cell phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. <laughs> Anyways, he, uh, last night, I got tickled. Like when he comes in and we're having to discipline him. Yeah. And it kind of bothered him. Well, Big Freddy, who you already mentioned on this podcast, OG. my dad. OG. When he would get really, really, really mad at us, there was a really good chance that he would start laughing before he punished us. <laughs> and I'm serious. Like I would have to go like sometimes go fetch the belt, bring it back down the steps and before he would whip me with the belt, he would start laughing because he was so mad. And I was always praying, dear God, please let him laugh. Please let him laugh. Because if he laughed, I didn't get punished. Like, and I don't know what it was, but I, I, like, I felt like I was my dad last night because I wasn't mad. I really wasn't mad at Jack. I'm like, I mean, the kid sped and the car that he's driving is smooth. It's easy. It's very easy to speed, right? But it was necessary for me to discipline him. Because, I mean, Susan, I just start rattling off all the friends that we had that were in car accidents, you know? And anyways. Um, Who's the financial peace guy? What's his name? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. So uh, I'm an avid 
focus on the family listener have been for two, three decades. Um, You're old. Yeah, so I listen to WNKJ or, or Missionary Radio now is what it's called. Um, so anyway, I remember recently, it's been in the last couple, three years, they had Dave Ramsey on and not about financial peace. Oh, yeah. They had him about, I think, about kids huh. um, yeah. and raising kids, which I think. But anyway, I just remember him saying, I remember coming back to work, listening to it, and he said, you know, it is imperative that you let your kids fail. Yeah. It's imperative that you put your kids in situations where they have to make choices, where they fail. The, the trick is you want them to fail small and mm. in, in small things. You don't want them to fail big and big things. That's exactly what Susan said last night. She's like, I'm so glad this happened now i'm so glad we you we did what we did because it 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 was a small thing it's a small thing yeah and and so you don't want to overreact to it but also you want them to know just like god wants us to know yeah i know i keep segueing this thing off but you can't can't help it it's just it's just so beautiful that he completely gives us enough slack you've ever heard you i'll give you enough slack to hang yourself well, I don't that. think he. I don't think he gives us that much slack. Yeah. I think that he loves us that much that he will pull back oh, on us. Thank God. Oh yeah, because he's good. He'll he'll pull back on us, and sometimes that pulling back hurts, and sometimes that pulling back stings like shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm really looking forward to digging in a little bit <laughs> to your sermon. Yeah. So it seems like it's so like ooh taboo. We don't can't talk. It is so important that we talk about this subject openly sex, and baby. openly and honestly and transparently. Yeah. Because it is one of the biggest negative impactors in, in, in a person's spiritual life. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that's right. So why don't we just come back and dive right in? Let's do it. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at Real Life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. That's right, folks. Our call-in line is 931-624-5092. We're standing by, listening by. Actually, that's Jonathan Seldy. You need to text him encouragement. I, you know what, Friday? Apparently not. I haven't got a text yet. <laughs> Jonathan thinks we're live. Um, oh, okay. So, yes, that's fine. Yeah. You don't feel like you have to, folks, please. Uh, it's all good. Uh, I get so much spam text and phone calls. Do you get a lot of spam texts? Oh, yes. Really? Yes, all day. Are you serious? Spam texts. You need to change your number. Uh, Well, I'm going to after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I will have the church phone and I will have my own phone. Uh, Anyway, for all those people that know my phone forever, it will be changing soon. (laughs) Um, So, Freddie, you, uh, you you have been marching through, for the most part, a little bump at Christmas time, but you've been marching through gospel roots bringing forth gospel fruit and you've been doing that in Ephesians and so that's you've been marching through uh for a while and it's just really been good to break open Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus and this week kind of hit it last week or week before but this week we landed right smack dab into sexual porneo you know, the, you know, I told Susan last night, I told her, I said, 
I, I'm sure I have, but God's just so kind. I, I don't feel like I've ever been shaped by a book that I'm preaching through as much as I've been shaped by Ephesians. It's been so rich. Contemporaneously, you're telling me. Now you Yes, like okay. while I'm preaching through it, it. I just feel like, man, it's just like, it's just been so shaping for my heart in such a wonderful way. So Rachel said last night, we were talking about, she has women's group on Tuesday mornings. That's when we usually tape. We, of course, have the podcast, so we kind of talk about the sermon a little bit. Yeah. And she was saying that, you know, it's, it's interesting that, Almost everybody, I would say everybody yeah. outside of maybe Jesus, John the Baptist maybe, has experienced failure in sexual impurity yeah. and how we might confess, oh, I'm on social media too much, or, oh my gosh, you know, I, a lot of my taxes, I shouldn't have done that, or, you know, I got that thing and I didn't return it like I should have. But when it comes to sexual impurity, it's almost like, and, and I think it goes back to what sex is it's it's yeah. a very intimate yes. usually a mentally emotionally intimate thing yes which obviously has physical intimacy with yes. that and so I be, because i think it's an intimate thing we're not it's a very kind of a embarrassing is a bad word but you don't want to really expose that so and then That's what right. happens i think the the the, That's right. the horribleness of this is that the deceiver when i say satan people put the little red horn person up so i try not to say satan as much but the devil satan I call him the deceiver because that's what he is. He takes 98% truth and, and gives you 2% falsehood, and you feel comfortable that you're sitting in 98% truth. So the deceiver takes that darkness, yeah. takes that 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 realm that God has put us, that sex should be intimate, and it yeah. should be something that's special, and he uses that specialness, that secretness, and he festers he festers what we would call sin, but he festers shame yeah. and guilt and just this, just this horribleness yeah. of where we all could live, and we never can let people know because of because it's sex. Yeah. Well, it's like the 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 devil, the enemy, the deceiver, as you call him. Uh, he he counterfeits all of God's good things. He takes good things and perverts them. So. It, what you see is a proportion, uh, like a, you know, if if something has the potential for amazing, powerful good, then you can almost proportion that out that it that it equally has the same potential for powerful destruction, right? So, uh, so I open the sermon by saying sex is one of God's most beautiful, powerful, intimate gifts and aspects of all God's creation. And if that's true, which it is, then it has the potential to be one of the most destructive things in our lives. So he starts, it starts off, I don't have it in front of me, Ephesians 5, where it says, was it you shall flee sexual immorality? Anyway, it doesn't make a difference. The point is that word it makes immor- a big difference. Sean. Well, it does, but the, but the word immorality. Point. I, when you said it, when you read it, I was like, you know, what is immorality in the yeah. Greek? What's but, it? Sexu- but sexual immorality and all impurity or covet- covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. That's verse three. So when I was in law school, I think it was a constitutional law case. Can't remember, but there was there's a famous gentleman who created a adult magazine. And the question came up, what is pornography? Yeah. 
and and I think the answer was, you legal scholars can correct me, is, well, I don't know if I can define it, but I know when I see it. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a famous line. Yep. yep. So, you know, this word immorality, kind of soft in our, I mean, it's not a soft word in immorality, but this word is porneo. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the word pornography. Mm-hmm. So Max, my sixth grader, 12-year-old, we come home from church. Rachel's keeping the kids, the babies. So... You know, Nella's sixth grade. By the way, she said she was bored like about three minutes into your sermon, so she memorized most of Psalm one. By the way, which was good for the sixth grader. I mean, for the six, for the third grader to do. So, by the way, that wasn't a slam. That was a good thing for us. But Max was completely <laughs> engaged, and so he has the question, "Daddy, Daddy, what is pornography?" Because you you gave this very transparent, real life college experience. Yeah, yeah, and um. And so it was a great point for us to talk about, but yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure I underscored yeah. when we talk about sexual immorality, what Paul was saying to the church at Ephesus was this is pornography. This is everything that sex is not supposed to be. Because that's what pornography, we have in our mind, it's a, a, a visual thing on a screen or maybe on your phone now, I guess that's yeah. a screen. Yeah. Or maybe it's a, a an adult magazine. Not a good one, one with full of pictures that you shouldn't be looking at. Um, but Porneo is, and you listed like three pages on the screen. It's super great. Uh, all the examples of what sex was never created to be and yeah. will only, listen, will only be, bring destruction. Yeah. It will bring emotional, it will be, it will bring emotional destruction for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just not how God created it. Now yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to change the tone on that. Yeah. After a while, but I just wanted to start there that what is pornography? It is everything that sex was never supposed to be. Yeah. For parents of young children that are listening and I'm so glad it prompted, you know, we had pastor Timmy at, at the welcome. He did give an announcement that, yep. Hey, we're going to be talking about these things for parents with younger children. If you, and I, I, nobody got up and left. Yeah, I did watch the face of a mom, you know, when he said that, and it it got her attention. Yeah, but I think it piqued her curiosity. Yeah, and she told me afterwards. She said, "Well, no better place than church to learn these things." So, and I loved that that was the heartbeat. But um, the I can't remember where Susan and I were encouraged to do this. Uh, I think it was from a counselor friend that came and talked to our church out in Arizona. But um, but the encouragement was uh, to go ahead and give your kids a definition of pornography, to know what it is so that when they are confronted with it, they know they're, it's not like this crazy traumatic experience, right? And so if you're looking to disciple your children and help them, you know, grow and learn and be prepared for these things, we define pornography as inappropriate images or videos, um, inappropriate images or videos of people without their clothes on. That's the way for our kids when they were like, you know, fourth, fifth grade, what is pornography? Inappropriate images of people without their clothes on. You know, some something along those lines. I can't remember exactly the way we defined it, but um, there's some handles there, you know, just to, to be able to break it down. Yeah, so uh, you say, I think a lot. From the, pul- from the pulpit, I think we're saying pulpit now, stage, um, <laughs> is that now when we grew up, it, it literally was trying to see through the blurriness yeah. of people having, what is it, one more time? You said without their clothes on? 
Oh, inappropriate, inappropriate images. Inappropriate images. Yeah, and back in the day, it was like it was like on. a heavy snowfall. Inappropriate images are videos of people without their clothes on. And back in the day, it was heavy snowfall. You couldn't even see anything barely. You just you kind of had to think of it. Well, nowadays it's just not that way. And you know, you know, kids. Whether I don't care how many blocks you have on your on your on your internet, um, but I hate to say it, this is just not about kids. Yeah, I mean, this is about. This is about adults. and it, It's all of us. It's a slippery slope of... It's all of us. Yeah, it's a slippery slope of what is right, what's what's funny to say, what's a glance to look at, what conversations are you having, what acceptance are you having of those conversations, and before you know it... My stomach's making noises over here. I can't sorry. hear it. Um, is then you're in way deep into sexual imp- impurity. Yeah. And before you even know it. Well, the, 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 the difference... Of today, so you know, at the, at the goodness of creation, you know, the Bible says that Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed, yep. right? The devil comes in. You were teaching us in, in community group the That's other day right. that they covered themselves in shame, right? There's 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 such a biblical theme to trace through the scriptures here, um, but at the origination of God's design of sex, people, the, the the enemy has been tempting God's people ever since in their sexuality. The early church in Corinthians, Paul was writing very specifically. I mean, this is what this is what was written to the church at Ephesus. So, so this is we've got a historical letter here. But today, what's different is the access. The and you know so so there's a sense in which we could say, oh, the world is so much worse than it was then. Well, I would say no. The heart of man is no more wicked today than it was then but the but the the technology advancements have caused the potential for sexual immorality uh to come along much 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 sooner uh than years past uh a larger volume of it and access the the immediacy uh of it to pornography it's it, and and then and then just the volume of it and so you know, when we put a phone in, you know, in a kid's hands or in our own hands, we have to understand it is fire. It is, it is fire. It can, it can, it can burn us if it's out of the right place. But I think even so, like what I think about all the time is other kids holding their phone up in the face of my kid. Yep. You know, so, so like we, we can't be naive. We have to be vigilant and yet. And yet at the same time, we have to give our kids a framework to know what to do yeah. um, and and then how to navigate how to navigate it if you're exposed or if you do choose to look at pornography and you sin and and that's where that's where the hope of Jesus that he provides is the renewal by his spirit, the cleansing through his blood um, there is a a strong and sufficient answer for our sexual sin, which praise God. Well, so I told you um, before we started what what really hit me. You know, in community group, the question always is, "What kind of did you take away? What, yeah. what, what hit you?" And what really hit me, Freddie, was usually it's you start squirming when you hear a preacher <laughs> talk about sex because it's immediately that you're you feel shame which shame is never an appropriate response guilt is an appropriate response so you you would say that's why you i think that there's other reasons i'm so, I, i've got a sneeze coming out that's fine let, let me finish and then i'll Please. let you let you tell me about 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you'd see the couch now. I mean, a couch everywhere. Uh, I'm gonna have to dry clean that one. Um, so, so I, what I heard on Sunday morning was, you gotta let the shame go. Mm-hmm. This is a real struggle. It's a spiritual struggle more than it is a physical struggle, and that when you when we can realize that playing with fire, you had that beautiful image, playing with a a small little little fire there in your fire pit can go into a forest fire that quickly. It will destroy listen and some can go into you, a what? A forest fire. Yes. As as some people know very well. It, it it will destroy everything. It will destroy families. It will destroy kids. It will destroy emotions. It'll destroy relationships. Right. right. For as long as we live. It, there's sometimes there's no coming back from that. And 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 what I heard was, listen folks, we're all there. This is the day. This is the day that we go ahead and fess up to it and stop and realize for what it is. We don't have to look backwards. I think that's what you said. We have to look back and repent, but repentance is always about a forward direction. Yeah, you know what's so powerful about that forest fire image is that usually what happens when a forest fire you know, goes over a large portion of, of land is new growth comes up, new, fresh, living beautiful growth. And I think that is the picture of what the Lord is willing to do for anyone that is, that has fallen in sexual sin. And I thought, I think you brought up a a really good point. A couple of, a couple of notes. We have all through sin had our sexuality perverted. Correct. Um, But, but the Lord has the power to redeem the sexually broken in every way. And that's what I, that's one of the things I, I really championed this in the second service, and I can't remember if I did in the first as much. But as a church, we're going to have the opportunity for years to come to open our hearts wide and receive the sexually broken, because so many people are going to walk down these avenues, and it might take two years, and for others, it might take twenty. And at the end of the road, they're going to find nothing but emptiness and brokenness. They were sold a lie. They believed it. They went down to the bottom of the ocean of that lie, and they found there's nothing there. And when they find there's nothing there, they're going to come back up for air, and they're going to need somewhere to go to be restored. So the church, our church, every church, if they if they understand this and open their hearts, they're going they're they're just going to have so much opportunity to open up their hearts and receive. So, Jonathan, that's why it's so important that we're willing to talk about it in an appropriate ways, but to talk about it often um, because it's so pervasive in the culture. There, the sexual immorality is so vast and it's so destructive that we have to be ready to restore. Um, and and we've, got, we've got the message of hope that Jesus will receive and restore and renew just like new growth after a forest fire uh, you know is destructive over a, over a, um, a long swath of of land the Lord will bring new growth first segment you said what, what were you going to say and so I, I kind of let it go but recently um, I've really I say this because it comes off as little braggy pants, and it's not at all. I've struggled. <laughs> I've struggled with prayer. I struggle greatly with prayer. I struggle greatly 
with trying to wring out the goodness of God's word. I'm a champion. Let's use that word. I love that word. I'm a champion of people being people of the book, people of the word, reading the word. Um, I'll usually memorize a scripture or two. So as you know, one of my goals, I think we talked about early on, was this year was memorizing a psalm a month. You're crushing it, man. I'm eight psalms deep. You're crushing it. And, and one of those, when you said the sexually, the, the people that have suffered and are suffering from sexual deception, yeah. that it's going to bring something that it never will. And God is there to restore us, yeah. no matter how far we run away. Yes, you know Psalm one thirty nine says, "Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence?" Yeah. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, yeah, you are there. If I take on the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost at uttermost parts of the sea. Guess what it says? Even there your hand will lead oh, me. Oh, look at that, yeah. And your right hand will <laughs> hold me. I just Listen, gave an image that does uh, the oh, scripture you're memorizing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there it was. It, if And it goes on to say, if I say, surely darkness cover me, yeah, and the light be as night, yeah, something like that. Even darkness is not dark to you. Yeah, it's Listen, powerful. There's no, there's no darkness that you can hide from God. God will find you and chase you, and he will come after you. Yeah. But you have to meet him. You have to look around. He will put it before you. There is nothing but deception and emptiness in this. Well, it's, it's important for people to remember. I think, I, think when, I think when people are blinded in sexual sin, they also get blinded to the love of God. They get blinded to the welcome of God. They, they get blinded um, to the truth that God loves them right where they are. God wants to bring us up out of the pit. Um, but God chases us with his love. He pursues us with his love. Um, we're all unworthy of his love, every single one of us, but he loves us just the same. And, um, you know, for those that may be listening, that they themselves find themselves in a place of sexual sin, sexual brokenness. They have friends that, you know, Let's not miss, you know, in talking about all the destructive nature, I mean, that was that was the point of the text, yep. right? That was the point of that text. But the point of chapter one of the same book was that God loves us. Right. You know, so it's, it, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And certainly there's warnings in Scripture like the text that we saw that are intended to sober us. They're intended to to bring about the fear of God in us. Um, you know, but the but the goodness is is as we're sobered and as we turn to Jesus, we find a God that loves us. And um, you know, it's it's in the love of God that we we come undone. It's in the love of God that we are broken. And um, you know, so so just friends, don't lose sight of that wherever you are in your journey. And um So if you heard Shame and guilt. That's fine. That's not what God wants. That's not what God provides. God wants you to feel guilty for your sin. But what God is trying to say is there is a better way. You know what's so interesting, Jonathan, is is Jesus was stripped nearly naked as he was being crucified. What a what a vivid picture that Jesus in Jesus took on our shame, being publicly humiliated. Uh 
What what a, what a vivid picture. How do we know that his death was enough? Well, he became a public display of shame yeah. so that our shame could be lifted and taken. Thank you, Jesus. So, so that's what I heard on Sunday morning. That's what I hope you're hearing from this morning. If if you're struggling, which most of people are struggling with sexual sin, sexual brokenness, sexual immorality, sexual thoughts, um, inappropriate ones. Um, listen, God is saying there's a better way, yeah. and that way is not mine. Yeah. And you can travel that road, and you will find vanity. It's yeah. a big empty room. There will be nothing there for you. Yeah. But I, I have something much, much greater uh, in your presence is fullness, fullness of, joy, of joy, yes. And at your right side, there are pleasures forevermore. Yeah. And the pleasures that we hear in society are not the pleasures God has for us. They're so much yeah. more enjoyable, more contenting, and it's how we were created. Here's a couple of resources. One of the things that I intended to say Sunday that it just didn't make it out, and it was toward the end of my sermon, it was the most vulnerable part of the sermon, but when I was talking about my experience of confessing my sin of looking at pornography when I was in college. What I didn't say was that that was the that was the first step toward a path of victory. It, the way I told the story, it almost sounded like I confessed and I never struggled with that again. But it was it was bringing it into the light that was the first step toward a path. It was a fight of accountability. It was a journey for me. It wasn't a an immediate m- moment. But the Lord Jesus will give victory. There's um, some folks may need to consider celebrate recovery. We've got multiple celebrate recoveries here in town. If you find yourself addicted, um, that's where people may battle shame. Is is finding the resources that they need to be able to overcome the addic- addictions. If if there's an addiction, um, we have other resources in the bookstore. Little pamphlets about sexual addiction on how to talk about how to talk to your kids about sexuality. So if you've not if you've not stopped by the bookstore to see all the different resources we have, there's some really good resources there that I think um, you know, so in other words, it, Jonathan, it's, it's important to talk about these matters. But we have to get really really practical, right? And so you know, you may be having your heart stirred, but if you don't actually bring this into the light by sharing it with a a, a trusted Christian leader, you know, and, and unfortunately sometimes accountability groups just become kind of support groups, you know, like, like therapy support groups of like where you just go and you, you're encouraged while you remain in your sin, you know? And so, you know, like accountability can go bad, you know, if you don't have somebody that's willing to actually hold you accountable and actually help you take steps toward, toward victory. So, um, so be wise, be courageous, be bold to take the necessary steps that you need to flee sexual immorality. And um, you started off the segment, this segment, saying this is a proportionality. It's it's one yeah. of God's greatest gifts He gives to us, but God, the deceiver, the devil, the enemy, can make this the biggest shame filled, guilt filled, destructive experience of our earthly existence. Yeah. But listen, there is no shame that God can't overcome. Yeah. This is the day. The Lord hath made. Yes. Let us rejoice and hey, in it. That's such a good word. Here's here's one more resource. Okay. And this is a resource primarily for women. Um, but husbands and wives could listen to it together and discuss it. 
It's a podcast that I just recently discovered. It was recommended to me by another pastor. I shared it with you yes. men at Community Group. It's, it's called Heaven in Your Home, Sex, Marriage, and the Mission of God. Heaven in Your Home. I see DJ Daniel Cox taking notes over there. He'll link to it in the show notes. That sounds so, it sounds like a podcaster right there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's an, one of the negative results of the church addressing sexual immorality over the years is that they've not um, they've not declared and explained and put on display the beautiful glory the wonder the wondrous creativity the the God designed um, picture of sex that we see in the scripture there's a whole book of the bible called song of solomon that 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 aims to put on display the mysterious beauty of sexuality uh, that god designed and so this is a resource to help you in your marriage rediscover the beauty the power the wondrous creativity of god's design in sexuality. So I I think that, you know, the the proverbial young couple that grew up in the church that then get married and have trouble on their honeymoon enjoying consummating their sex life because their whole life they were told sex is bad, sex is bad, sexual yeah. immorality, flee sexual immorality, yeah. don't lust, you Correct. commit adultery in your heart if you you know. Um unfortunately that's a common experience. Sure. You know, is that a lot of people have difficulty then just turning on the light switch Correct. when they've been told their whole life, this is, you know, right. and so, um, so this is a podcast that I think will help. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there you go. When uh, heaven in your home, God's good, man. God's so good. He loves us. That's why he created us. That's why he knew he would stand, but he still created us for it. And we got a couple of things. Sorry, I didn't but, interrupt. but he loves us. Yes, he, does. he loves us that much. He'll chase you down. He'll chase you down. Just let him chase you down. Um, We'll come right back with just a couple things that are coming up at Real Life. Look forward to it. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in his work, in his ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. All right, so we are on the last segment, and like I said earlier in the first segment, Freddie has taught me unbelievable social etiquette. So if you want to encourage Fred (laughs) (laughs) because of all the wonderful work he does on this podcast, (laughs) I need you to text 917-917-843-917-502-94. 9469. 9469. Three. Uh, there it is. So uh, 917-502-9469. 
<laughs> text, him, text him today. That's a good try. I see I'm learning slowly, Fred. There you go. Yeah. So, hey, if you, want text, te- if you want to text me, you can text <laughs> mission to 97,000. You got the text. Uh, so uh, other than texting Fred today, uh, we have two two big things going on. Disciple Now, it is a time where um, uh, kids, students can get together over a weekend and just absolutely focus in on God, His Word, and relational, and, and strengthen each other. D now, sign up, 6th grade through 12th grade, That's coming up. 17th, 18th, and 19th of February. That's right. This coming February, which is Saturday, February 11th. This coming weekend. That's right. Is a serve day. We are serving at Real Life Fort Campbell. They have a building out near the airport near Fort Campbell. That's right. And Amazing it, story. Go out. There's two sections to serve morning, okay. afternoon. Text 97,000. <laughs> text, text mission, mission. 97,000. And please sign up. Eric Malloy and all his group um, would so appreciate not just the help, but just the support. So yeah. I heard a dad say the other day, I really want to go serve somewhere with my kid. This is the perfect opportunity to instill that, model that, do that with your family. Sign up today. Hands on. All right. Uh, Fred, uh, we have anything else going on? Oh, lots going on. I'm gassed because we just had... Two vision nights. Two vision so nights. we're heading into a season where the church is going to get to hear more and more about our future ministry vision and the facility. And so just be in prayer. God's doing great things. All right. Uh, Fred, we appreciate your leadership. We appreciate you not Love backing you, down from the truth. Yeah, thanks. Bro. And because the truth will always bring light and set us free. And That's we right. should appreciate that. But, That's right. Uh, have a great week. I will see you Sunday. And until then, keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.